Well, uh, <laughs> welcome to uh, this week's Sly Podcast, Salt, Light, and Yeast Podcast. We are the Yeasty Boys. That's true, we are. <laughs> uh, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor, Lead Follower here at Wapak Naz, and Matthew Kirkpatrick, Youth Pastor. Youth Pastor, Associate Pastor, Tech Guru, um, and uh, fellow Yeasty Boy, uh, shout out. Yep. Um, and so... Uh, this, this podcast, Sly Podcast, there's nothing sly about this podcast. Everything is, uh, unscripted off the cuff. Um, and, uh, we do this every day except for the days that we don't. And last week, like last week, obviously (laughs) we didn't have one last week. Uh, so, um, but we actually kind of had our own podcast in my office last week where we were just, we were just shooting, uh, shooting, uh, from our hip, having conversations about things. And so, um, today, uh, I kind of want to just for us to, to focus in um, on a few things. So just context where we are today. Um, it is April 21st, uh, 2020. We have had our fifth drive through service. Um, our last actual service here in the sanctuary was on March 15th. Uh, 2020. So six weeks ago. Yep. Um, and uh, we had Easter Sunday uh, last week, and uh, we again had our drive-through service at the Wapak Athletic Club. Shout out to Jeff and Rebecca if they're listeners, um, and I uh, want to give them a, a shout out and a thank you. And if not, no shout out. Is that what? Yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're not listening, Jeff and Rebecca, there's uh, no shout out. There's no shout out to you. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure I tag you on this. Uh, <laughs> Um, but a uh, shout out to the Walpock Athletic Club. They've been very, very gracious in allowing us to partner with them and use their parking lot. Last week, we um, last Sunday, uh, at Easter Sunday, actually, we had um, we had some scripture. We had a station where there's scripture. We had a station where there was a bottom line, uh, a life app, and then we did we did communion yeah. um, very safely. Um, prep was safe, and then distribution of of the elements was safe, and so. The context here, yesterday, our governor, uh, Mike DeWine, um, he canceled schools and in, in class sessions for I, the rest of the school year. Yeah. So, so I, I didn't see the uh, the discussion. Did he come out dressed like Alice Cooper? I don't know. I didn't see the discussion either. Yeah. I only saw the, the text afterwards. Singing schools that, out that forever. Would, that would be that would be the way I would have done it. <laughs> That's exactly um, how I would have done it. I don't, I don't think uh, DeWine was probably as inclined to do that. But, um, DeWine I was definitely, not inclined. I probably would have at least called Alice Cooper and just said, hey, can you do this for me? But um, Wow. But maybe um, Alice was busy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Personally, context for, for you. What, what's what been the, the last couple weeks for you personally? Your wife's still out of work. Yeah, wife's still out of work. Uh, my son celebrated his second birthday a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if we mentioned it on here. Um, but obviously, if, if you are somebody who has had a birthday or a parent of a small child who's had a birthday do- during this... We're glad they were born and glad you were born. Yeah, during this uh, this pandemic, um, you know that birthdays were a little bit different. Yeah. You know, um, there wasn't a going out to eat. There wasn't a big party. Um, there wasn't, you know, friends and family from all over coming in. Um, it was just us. Um, and so th- there's a sweetness to that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's this kind of conversation that um, I've been kind of thinking through and I've kind of been leaning into um, the laments of Scripture. Um, this this concept that we see in the book of Lamentations, 
often quoted scripture, right? Everybody loves Lamentations. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you could sure see, they do. If you could see Stephen's eyes, you'd realize. Sure they um, do. But it's but a this depressing idea, book. This idea that uh, lament uh, is not only an okay thing or a normal thing, but a good thing when we when we lament and we give our our grievances and we cry out to the Lord because He is the source of our hope. You know, lament is different from despair. Despair is a lack of hope. There is no there is no way out of this. There is no way to come back from this. But lament is, I I don't know where else to go other than to God. Well, interesting. Um, the actual Hebrew, which I, I, it's it's strange that you bring up the book of Lamentations, because for some reason I was flipping through scripture. Uh, I don't know if it was this week or last week, and I I found out that the actual Hebrew um, for Lamentations for that book, um, the meaning is how, H O W, dot 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 exclamation point. How? Yeah. And no wonder we've quote we, we quote unquote have called it now lamentations. Yeah. Because when we lament, we we have that that exclamation, how how is this going on? Yeah. So sorry to interrupt. No, that, I mean but. I mean that's it. So I, I've just been you know, the, the Jewish people, um, at least culturally, I don't want to speak to, to current days. I I believe currently too, they they uh, frequently read from lamentations during major festivals, Passover, yeah, uh, Passover, all all those kind of things, because what they're doing is they're remembering when things were not good, in order to celebrate the good. Well, when things are not good, uh, we become more reflective. Yeah, um, personally reflective. Um, in our family, we become reflective. This is why we're kind of given a context of 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 our family right now and our our life uh, to just kind of give a. A little bit more of a depth to the spearhead today, um, <clears throat> and so yeah, we we become nationally reflective. We mm -hmm. right now we're globally reflective, um, probably more globally critical than reflective. But um, so that's yeah, that, well, there's a mixed bag. I mean, yeah. to to this, you know, schools out for the rest of the year. There's there's a lot of of grief that there's, comes with that. Man, our seniors, twenty twenty seniors. Yeah, talked and, with somebody. Yesterday, it, it uh, who's part of our, our church at, at a um, local uh, hardware store, um, saying that their son was a little disappointed that they're not able to run run track this year. Yeah. and he's a he's a junior higher, and he was going to try track this year. He's disappointed about that. So yeah, there's all these missed opportunities, all of these missed missed moments. You know, mm -hmm. and, and schools all Prom. over the country are trying to figure out ways to do graduations and to do proms and and all this yeah. kind of stuff but it's it's not the same so no. we're we're all in the kind of this place of of missing out of grief of mm -hmm. sorrow um and that's all okay yeah. you know that's that's where we are and so we we don't want to negate that by no. saying you know you're supposed to be joy-filled and happy and um, happy-go-lucky everywhere you go no yeah yeah personally for for me uh and my wife um in my family, uh, my mom, this past week, my mom was in the hospital um, from Wednesday to Sunday uh, evening, afternoon. Um, it was not COVID-related. However, um, she was moved from her city's hospital to another city's hospital to their, um, their initial COVID unit. 
um, where she was tested uh, three times and tested negative all three times. And so she was removed from that isolation unit. Um, Jesus was te tested three times in the desert, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You, you should see my face now, too. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, um, and so she, she's home. Uh, I talked to her last night, my sister. Uh, so, you know, when we had the suspicion that she might have COVID, and that was not the original reason she went in, um, our family kind of had one of those, like, pivotal moment situations yeah. where we were scrambling and praying and really hoping that she didn't have it. One, because my mom's susceptible. She, her, immune, uh, her immune system is really deficient. She's on biologics and infusions. Um, so that created an issue for her because I don't necessarily think she would have made it out. Um, and then my brother-in-law went in on Monday of last week to give my mom a shot. Um, he was masked, gloved, um, but see, he w went home and my sister's in, in cancer treatment for breast cancer. And so she is, um, so there was this concern that, that her that husband he, had carried it from your mom to, to your my sister. sister and my nephew yeah. who lives in the home is a firefighter yeah. for their city. Yeah. So now here we have that also that issue. So there was, there was a huge, um, looming cloud over our family for about 24 hours. And so my sister had her treatment yesterday. Um, you know, she's doing well, uh, as well as she can be. Um, personally, my wife and I, we opened up, um, curbside for for drinks um, for our business and and so that that's going really really well our community like there's been things in our community there have been community meals that have happened yeah um, our local restaurants there's a couple local restaurants and other places that have pulled together um, even the Wapak Athletic Club volunteered to help hand out those meals I mean there's there's been a lot of community um, amazing things like one of the teachers came down with COVID here in our community and his, his softball team, uh, drove by their house with a parade and honked and waved. And I think that was encouraging for him. I think he got on the, the local news, yep. um, personally for us as a church, some of the things that we've been able to do, um, you know, I think your wife, uh, put together a campaign here for, for some ladies and, They've been able to hammer out about 300 masks yeah. um, for uh, local hospitals, which has been awesome. Um, there's just been a lot of positive in this. Um, this week, these past couple weeks in our community, um, I, I feel like our community is rallying together um, wonderfully. I feel like that our, our church, um, you and I were just talking about this before we hit the, the record button about how our church has been um, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Individuals um, have really stepped in the gap and dropped off food. They've sent cards. They've made phone calls. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've <clears throat> at least a few times been in here and, and said, you know, do you know who was doing this? Do you know who did that? Like, <laughs> they, trying they to figure egged out, people. Yeah, like trying like, to figure out who's who's doing all this good stuff. It took in our me community. a week to figure out who did the egging. <laughs> And you were sitting on that information this whole time. because you never asked me. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were the almost all-knowing. Um, but so I, I want to go to a conversation. And th this is this is really where we're heading into um, all, all those minutes of conversation to, to get here. Um, so you and I had a, a, a conversation last week about death. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, 
I want to read this scripture. Uh, I was reading through, I'm, I'm reading through Hebrews this week, and um, I think I started reading last week. And I saw this scripture in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 14 um, through 15. And uh, I'll, I'll read that out to us. And, and I want us to focus on verse 15, and then we'll, we'll just open up this, this conversation about death, uh, this uplifting conversation about death, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it says, since the children have flesh and blood, he, meaning Jesus, too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, Jesus might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And I think this is where part of our conversation was last week, a very short conversation, but we, we were talking about death. Yeah. And we were talking about our fear for, fear of death. Um, honestly, I've always imagined, um, pre my wife and now, now with my wife, I always imagined that uh, the police department would show up to my house knock on the door you'd have it barricaded with firearms <laughs> no it. no no oh, okay <laughs> and they would say mrs ambrose whether it was my mom or now with my wife mrs ambrose uh your husband uh is uh is dead because he was stupid <laughs> uh I, i've always imagined that i would i would die in a very dumb idiotic stupid way like slipping and falling off the roof um, I, I, I don't know. Just It would just be dumb. Um, Turn Tim Allen into Santa Claus, though. <laughs> <at one time. laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, th this idea of th the issue of death. Death, you and I were talking, death Death is a reality for us all. Yeah. Um, the moment you are conceived um, and you come out of womb and you begin to experience the world um, in all its glory and all its senses because God created a beautiful, beautiful world uh, through his imagination and creativity and speaking it into existence. We begin to move toward death. Yeah. Um, As we grow, we are also dying. Yeah. That's um, a really positive, uplifting statement, isn't it? <laughs> As we grow, we're, we're dying. Yeah. Um, the fact right now, as we we look at the global pandemic of COVID, um, I've seen a lot of things, um, even in our local community, but I've seen a lot of things of how we are trying to stave off and thwart death yeah. as if it is something that we can hold at arm's length and postpone. Um, but the reality is we cannot, yeah. um, we're, we're going to go away. We're going to die. Um, and for the atheist, and th I think this is where the conversation really is interesting for the atheist or the evolutionist. Um, it's really intriguing. If you don't believe in a God, um, or you believe in, in evolution where 
uh, well, Herbert Spencer, the social yeah. Yeah. evolutionist, who survival said that the survival of the fittest, yep. right? Um, why is it there are so many people trying to hold? I mean, if 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 you are an atheist and you don't believe there's anything else yeah. left, right? There's there's nothing after your last breath. It is done. Then it makes sense that we are trying to fight death, right? Yeah. Um, and for the evolutionist who says, uh-uh, survival of the fittest. We should adapt. We should be adapting. And we, you know, for those that aren't the fittest, they're going to go away. And those that are the fittest will come to surface. So why fight it? Yet we're still fighting it. What are your what what is your thought here in in this pandemic and human behavior and psychology in fighting off death? Yeah. Well it's a it's, it's an interesting thing because it's so intriguing. It is because when you talk to well for example, if if I talk to a lot of my peers, yeah, um thirty somethings, late twenty somethings. Um, who are millennials, by the way. Yeah, best generation. Uh, some of those folks wow. have... A lot of the baby boomers just cringed. Dude. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I said, no, the greatest generation... Hey, the baby boomers are responsible for birthing us, so they should be appreciative. Uh, but anyway, uh, if, if you talk to these these millennials, um, and, and younger too, yeah. many of them have not engaged with death in a meaningful way so as to really ever think about death. Now, there's certainly yeah. certainly people who have. People who yeah. lost their parents young. Yeah, uh, we, we and, don't... And we yeah. don't want to minimize that at all. But but when we're talking large population of the world, mm -hmm. I mean, for example, myself, um, I've been pretty fortunate in my own personal life. I've lost um, both my maternal grandparents and then my paternal grandfather. Um, and that was probably the hardest and closest um, loss from a family member yeah. Um, and then I have lost a friend to suicide as well. Yeah. Um, and that one was the most gut wrenching. That was about a week after my grandfather passed away. So they're, they're wow. tied together. Um, yeah. it, it very, very intimately. But, but beyond that, mm. based on what I've spent so much time learning and preparing for, and, and, and partly you get this, uh, if you join a military service and you're thinking about, um, engaging in war and combat and, and conflict, you have to begin to think about death. Uh, you have to begin to think about, at some level, um, what does this all mean? Yeah. Uh, what happens afterwards? Uh, what's our purpose while we're here? Why are we doing this at this moment? Uh, and so all these questions kind of come and collide. And, and what happens, and so this is why I say all this, what happens is a lot of time we get overwhelmed by this idea of, of death and all the unknowns that we, we choose to minimize and simplify and just ignore. Mm -hmm. uh, and we choose to ignore the reality of death. We choose to ignore the reality of the complications surrounding death so yeah. that we don't have to expend all that mental energy trying to deal with and come to terms. So one of the, the most challenging essays that we had at the chaplain schoolhouse for uh, the, the Army was an assignment on um, the just war theory. Um, and so we had to write a paper on what constitutes uh, the right kind of environment to kill someone. Yeah. 
Uh, when is it okay? When is it not okay? How do you decide? Who is decides? it okay? Is it okay? Like all of these all of these questions, right? And yeah. so so when you dig in and you actually engage with that, there's a lot more on than j- just what you see on the surface. Oh yeah. There's a lot more questions with it, but um, when we dig into it, this is why I'm saying this. When we dig into death, we we begin to see how deep that conversation goes, and so we tend to recoil and hide and 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 button up. Um, so as not to engage with it, mm-hmm. um, and and that's I think where we are culturally a lot of times. So that's why we fight against it. And we recoil, we, and we don't engage with it. And our our guttural response is blaming. Yeah. Um, we we have a tendency to quickly blame God or any other deity that people would believe in, right? Um, but we have a tendency to blame God and become very, very angry and entrenched in our anger and become bitter and resent, resentful, um, not only to Him, um, the Lord and God of all creation, but also I think it's it's very quick, it's very easily to um, get angry at those that have, have passed, um, and we get angry with ourselves. But yeah, we recoil and. Do you? I think that's even more. That's not only the response to death, but honestly, I feel like that's the response to a lot of things that that come into our our sphere yeah. of, well, of we life. Have retrospective that, and think about purpose and meaning and and what is to come. Um, it, it overwhelms us. It overwhelms us, and I, I, we often just push those to the outskirts out of reach um, and we just try to create a nice bubble in our life um, where it's a positive bubble where there's no negative energy here um, and uh, we don't allow it to come in here and no wonder um, we are very we we shoot off the hip very and we're very critical yeah um, whether it be on on social media um, or just critical in general of other people who are nasty or who don't agree that essentially kind of try to burst the bubble, yeah. our safety bubble. Well, I, I think what happens is when we when we push off all these things, this, so this broader spectrum yeah. of, of conversations that we push on hold, yeah. um, when we have never discovered what our purpose is in life yeah. um, and we keep pushing it at bay, well, then when death comes knocking on our door, Mm-hmm. Um, now we have to push death back because we never solved this question. We never figure out why I'm here. Yeah. What's my purpose? What's my value? And so now death is even more of a, a fearful thing because now I'm looking back and I'm realizing I've wasted everything because mm-hmm. I haven't done anything because I continue to push off answering any of these questions. Because honestly, it's faith, it's safe to feel safe. And that's really what we want. Yeah. We want safety and security. And whether it's a false safety and a false security, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If I feel safe, if I feel secure, I'm good. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. Um, so, well, so, I mean, silly example, but, but in case you're not following that train of thought, you know, think about the Titanic. I don't, I don't follow that train. Yeah. No, I'm just Th- kidding. Think about the Titanic. 
and everything, if you've ever listened to any of the stories surrounding the building of the Titanic and before the ship set sail, this was the biggest, most unsinkable ship, you know, the greatest ship that's ever been built. Everybody on that ship felt safe until they weren't. Yeah. And everybody felt safe until what was in Wuhan yep. moved to Europe and moved across the waters to Seattle. We felt safe until then. And even then, when it was in Seattle, the rhetoric, the... the yeah, Midwest was still like, well, that's way out there. Yeah. <laughs> but in less than a week, we saw it moving into our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and so this, this, this concept of death, this issue of death, it's different. Um, it's different for the believer in Jesus Christ. It has to be. Why does it have to be? Well, it, T- tell me why it has to be. Convince me. <laughs> convince me. Let, let me be. Let so, me be. So here's, ad- here's the apologetics podcast for you. Convince me that it has to be different for yeah. the believer in Christ. It, it has to be because if it's not, Jesus did nothing. <laughs> this whole celebration that churches all around the world had for Easter, and Orthodox has had just this last Sunday yeah. uh, for Easter. This whole celebration of the resurrection, of Jesus coming back to life, of conquering death. So this conversation you said, we're trying to beat death. Jesus did that. And if if Jesus didn't do that, Jesus wasn't who he said he was. You know, Jesus was a great guy then. And Jesus might have had a lot of good lessons. But Jesus, in effect, did nothing to change the world. And if Jesus did nothing, well, then we have no we, we have every reason to be fearful of death. Yeah. But if Jesus did defeat death, and what he said was true, and when he said that you are my co-heirs, that I'm going to a place to prepare a place for you, when he said these things, then then we live into this hope and this idea that death is is but a blip. We can't escape it still. We are also going to die. It doesn't matter how much you believe in Jesus. You're still going to die on this fleshly, earthly life. Thanks for encouraging me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, because that is a result of original sin. Death is a result of original sin. The fact that we, our bodies do decompose, the, the fact that, to my statement earlier, that you know, when we grow, we die, that's because of sin existing in the world. Not because of your personal sin or my personal sin. It's not because I told a lie that I'm going to die. It's because sin exists. And since sin exists, Jesus had to come and Jesus had to kill sin and kill death. And that frees us from that fear because we know that it's already been defeated. We know what's on the other end, so this, even when we don't know. So this is, this is great theology. Yeah. Bring us to the practical. Why does this, why is this different? And how, so, okay, why is it different for the Christian? And therefore, how does this help us live life out? Because quite frankly, um, it's so important as we talk about death, we, we, we must talk about life. Yeah. Because Jesus didn't just come. He, he died for our sins on the cross. 
and this is the gospel, right? He right. died on the sin for our cross, uh, for our sin. Uh, he he died on the cross for our sins, um, and he rose from the dead on the third day. Um, and so that is the gospel. That's a good news, right? But he and as a result of that, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one one and only Son that we may have eternal life, right? Yeah. So we have eternal life. However, well, it's not just life either. It's life abundant. It's life abundant. That's where I was going. Yeah. So Jesus came that heaven and earth can collide into your world, into your life, into your community, into your family, into your household, that you might be able to live life and live life fully to the fullest measure, right? So practically speaking, why is this different for the believer in Jesus Christ? Granted, you gave a lot of theology, yeah, because, and I totally agree with that. We need to we need to have a theological underpinning in our life, right? Because theology, we've talked about this a lot. Theology will determine your Christology, your understanding of Christ, yep. and your theology will determine your practical living and how you live and decide and choose and all those things. So, back to that question. So. One of, the, one of the, the stark differences <laughs> yeah. here again is that conversation of for for the unbeliever who has pushed everything aside and continued to say, I don't want to figure out what my purpose in life is. I don't want to figure out what my, my value is yeah. or, or, or all these things. We've pushed them aside and now we come to death and we have to push death off because we haven't answered these other, these other important questions. Mm -hmm. For a believer, it's been pretty clear based on what scripture says about what our purpose is here on this earth. We're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty straightforward. And there's a, there's some other directives there, throughout there, scripture. There's a lot of other directives. Uh, but, there's but other directives. I mean, it, That's the sum. Jesus' great great commission to the disciples was to go and make uh, disciples of all nations, baptizing them, Correct. teaching them everything that he's taught them. So like the, these ideas, uh, love God, follow God, love other people that God has created. Correct. In his image, um, is is the underpinning of why we live and exist. Mm -hmm. We live to bring praise and glory and honor to God, um, and we live to show others the God we serve, Correct. the God who wants to save them, the yeah. God who wants to redeem them and restore them and fix that which has been broken. Um, and that fixing doesn't always happen here in this life. Sometimes mm -hmm. that fixing does happen in the next. So that's that's the the split between the two is is that we know we're leaning into what is to come, but we're leaning into that now. Yeah, yeah. What is to come is complete and whole, and and there is no sin, there is no death anymore. Revelation says a place where he'll wipe every tear, uh, there'll be no more crying, um, and and all of these these wonderful imageries. So we lean into that hope, and we manifest it today yeah it exists in our world today because we know where the outcome lies yeah so practically speaking well i guess personally speaking yeah um and and, and again we this is something that we talked about uh, one that doesn't mean that i don't fear the way i'm gonna die no. um you know we <laughs> I've always, even as a child, um, I remember nightly praying 
and asking God that there would not be a fire in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I fear dying of a fire, being burned alive in a house fire. Um, uh, I've often feared drowning yep. or suffocating, right? Um, but I don't, but as a believer, I don't it, it, fear death itself. It's the method by which death has been afflicted to you. Yes. The pain and the suffering that will come along with that. Correct. That is, is the, and, and rightly so. I mean, who, who relishes in the idea yeah. of, of, yeah, being having pain inflicted no, on them. Nobody. It doesn't make right? any sense. The psychopath. I mean, I'm sitting you know. here with with pain in my back. Yeah. Um. I but I don't relish that fact. No. But um. But quite frankly, practically speaking, um, Jesus is conqueror of death. The fact where it says, and he freed those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Um, fearing death, holding it at bay, Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, God raising him in the power, releases us from the grip that death has on us that we might actually be able to live differently. We might live differently, think differently, um, we actually might even go into um, situations that are where death is abundant. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, when we, we talk about the church itself in history, it has been the Christian who has stepped into the most horrific circumstances in order to bring life yeah. in those horrific circumstances. Circumstances, and that's why the church literally that's why the church spread, that's why the belief in Jesus Christ spread among the world, and that's we're a result of that. I mean, we have Peter, we have John, we have uh Paul, we have James, all of these early church fathers, these patristic fathers who stepped in, the second generation stepped in, Polycarp. Um, you, you name it, Justin Martyr, yeah. Justin Martyr. Yeah. They stepped in to horrific circumstances and they said, my belief in Jesus Christ and his overcoming death on that Sunday, even in this moment of death, I'm alive and I will live. Um, we approach it differently. We approach our life differently. Now, let me ask you this, because this has been really intriguing over the last like three weeks. Pastors, pastors have been arrested mm -hmm. um, for holding services uh, where literally they have not, <laughs> they have not taken precautions um, to stave off COVID, the virus. Congregations that have gotten infected. Um, because they have continued to meet and publicly gather in such a way um, to prevent safety. Um, just because we do not fear death, does that mean we recklessly live? No. I mean, it, it, it's the same as uh, Paul's admonition of 
should I go on sinning so that grace will, will continue to abound in me? By no means. Stop sinning. Uh, same way, like, don't go jumping off of buildings just to see, like, hey, will I survive? Yeah, is this what going to do it for me or what? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so no, by no means. We don't, we don't, no. we don't play with death or the fact that we are morals. We don't play with the fact that uh, our bodies no. will decay and they will fall apart. So we do, we do do the things that maintain, hopefully we do these things, maintain a good, healthy, and long life because our life now matters. Um, so we're, 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 we're not just... And so do the lives of other people. Well, absolutely. But, but we're not just saying it's only the afterlife that matters. Like that's not what this conversation is saying. No. It's not only the afterlife. The afterlife is what gives us hope today, though. Yes, that see that that's that's so pivotal. That's yeah. so integral to our our life decisions. The afterlife gives us hope. Yeah. And uh, in fact, it gives us power. Yeah, because because we know that no matter what circumstance we do find ourselves in, whether it was one we created for ourselves by being reckless. To your point about uh, how you always imagined somebody knocking on your door saying. <laughs> Stephen was a dummy. Uh, I he died because he was stupid. He <laughs> fell on a ice rink and, you know, cracked his head on the side rail or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, to that point, like whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, yeah, uh, we know who's holding the future. Yeah, uh, and we know that when we lean into God and we follow God and we trust God with our life, not just with our salvation. That's only a piece. Yeah. If you can trust God with your eternity, you can trust God with your today. Yeah. Like like to, right? to not only say, God, I want to know you in the future, but to, to say, you. I want to know you now. Well, and that's Paul's exclamation. Yeah. That's his desire in Philippians. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And I want to um, know and, and, and fellowship in his suffering. That's not a future thing. That's a that's a now right. thing. That is today. And I guess the admonition maybe for those who are listening or, or whomever or us is to say, if death is something that is gripping at our hearts and causing us to fear yeah. and causing us not, not to fear the means of death, not to fear uh, the pain or suffering that might come because... People are constantly dealing with chronic issues, and they know yeah. that they're likely going to die by this issue, and it's probably not going to be pleasant. Yeah. Um, so, so dealing with the despair and the grief and the lament of that is all fine and good. Yeah. But to trust in the Lord who has conquered death, and that He will tend to us even after death, um, is is really where. Uh, we find our rest. And so, so I, I guess I think I missed the point there as I was adding on to my conversation. But if, if we find ourselves in that place where we're fearing death to that point, that degree, yeah. um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know your story, where you're at in your relationship with Jesus as you're listening to me. So don't feel like I'm calling you out. If you feel called out, maybe it's the Holy Spirit convicting you. But maybe... I'll just put it on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, here, that's right? right. Put it on the Spirit. Jeez. Maybe... I'm such a pastor. Maybe... You need to spend more time with him. Maybe your relationship is is more surface level than you're thinking it is. Maybe your uh, relationship with Jesus is built on past moments 
that were transformational moments, wonderful moments. That moment when I was, I gave my heart to the Lord at summer camp, that moment when, when he sanctified me, that moment when I dedicated my kid, that moment when I was baptized, whatever it was, we've got these moments and those are great. But if all we have are memories of times with Jesus, we're missing out on the power of Jesus today. That's right. But what about those that have no semblance of faith in God who are shut up in their homes? I mean, there's that stay-at-home campaign, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it... Almost every song on YouTube, after every song, there's a stay-at-home ad, right? Um, those that are shut up in their homes, those that are fearful of death, that are trying to hold it off, um, who are trying to put facial cream on their faces so they don't see the lines on their face to be reminded that they're they're older. Yeah. <laughs> um what do we say? What does the believer say? How does the believer interact? Um, what about those that are still just fearful of just death? What do we say to them? How do we help them live life? What are your thoughts on that? I, I put you on the hot seat the with that one. The first thing Jesus did with the Samaritan woman at the well was he sat down. Mm-hmm sat down and he began to talk to her. John chapter 4. Yeah. He asked her, can I get some water? Had a conversation. Uh, invested you, in... You got to make sure you're six feet away. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, we, we all know that we have a means to engage in yeah. conversation, even with the social distancing, um, where we've... I, I, I hope if, if you have been completely isolated and have had no contact with anybody the last five weeks, um, and that is for any reason other than your own choice to be completely isolated, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Because um, I hope that's not the case for anybody. Yeah, um, no. You know, and, and, and I believe that the Lord grieves for those issues because he we've talked about this on this podcast before. We were created for relationship. We are. It doesn't matter if you're introverted, there's, extroverted, whatever. There's no question. But we were created for relationship. The only thing that God said in the garden in Genesis that was not good was for man to be alone. So he created companionship. He mm. created the rest of humanity. That's a beautiful picture. Um, and so we're meant for that. Yeah. And so the most basic need that we need to meet for anybody, whether it's a believer or a non-believer, is companionship, yeah. relationship, friendship. Yeah. And, and and seeing their value as an image bearer of God, mm -hmm. even if they deny God outright. Yep. And, and I, honestly, I think probably the most convincing thing to anyone, whether it's a, a person of faith who's questioning their faith and doubting, who's struggling, um, to a believer who's seasoned, like a seasoned vet who... Um, is is ready to to be with the Lord, uh, whether it's a person that um, doesn't have any relationship with God at all. I think the most convincing thing, and encouraging thing, 
for anyone is that you live life to the fullest yeah. with the purpose that you were created for. Yeah. I think to me, that's the most convincing thing. And, and, and we do. We, we struggle at times to find what career is the right fit for us. We struggle to find the right vocational job. We struggle oh, to, to find relationships that last and are meaningful. <clears throat> like we, we have these moments where as people we feel lost and like we haven't found our purpose and our value. But, but it's often in our pursuit of obtaining uh, purpose and value that we're missing the purpose and value that's innate. Because honestly, yeah, that's innate. Um, which comes out of Genesis 2. Yeah. Um, let us create man, mankind, humanity in our image and our likeness, which innately um, we carry, we are image bearers, bearers of God, that we carry dignity and value and worth. And this, this literally is a whole other conversation, you know, about identity right and there's a lot of people struggling with identity right now because we as a country as a nation from day one we have been the country in the nation who has um, identified our identity has been what we do yes and what we are learning hopefully what we're learning is that your identity and your worth is not by what you do by who you are. It's by who you are, and it's by the who fact that you. who created you. It's by the fact that you are created by and designed by a designer, by intelligent design, by the Lord God Almighty. And in that, he has bestowed upon you this beautiful thing called his image, yeah. um, his likeness. And when we talk about meaning and purpose... Your meaning and purpose is more than what you do. Yeah. Um, what what the, you the, what you do is how you might live out your meaning and purpose. Yeah. It might be the the active means by which you do those things. That conduit. Yeah. Your the, job could be a conduit. A conduit for the way that you you live that out. Correct. But but your job should it go away doesn't change your innate value or your purpose. Yeah. Your job when you retire doesn't change your innate value. I mean, I see this all the time with military folk, especially when they retire and they hang up their uniform. There's such a stark loss of identity that there's a, yeah. a, a huge struggle to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life yeah. because I now don't have any value or purpose because I'm not doing what's beneficial. Yep. And right now we have a lot of people not doing. Yeah. Right. They're, they're not being productive. So, quote unquote, productive. Right. Um, there's a lot of posting of wonderful videos, um, but they feel like, man, I'm not out. I'm not out making the bank. I'm not out throwing tires. I'm not out um, writing um, reports. I'm whatever it is. I'm not doing it because I'm home. Um, but quite frankly, when we back to the the original statement is, I really feel like the most convincing argument is you living life to the fullest and on purpose because we are created on purpose for a purpose yeah undeniably 
and our purpose is to bring life to other people because of the death and resurrection of Christ through us and in us, bringing life and hope. Um, and, and quite frankly, that comes through the many ways, and I think you summed it up very well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and uh, love your neighbor as I stole, yourself. I stole that from Jesus. So. Yeah, I stole that from Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's the hokey pokey. You put your whole self in, right? Yeah. Your, your whole self. And honestly, I think we do find our meaning and our purpose when we start to do the things that Scripture says are the will of God such as loving, giving, forgiving, being generous, being kind, service. We serve people. Um, we encourage. Uh, we we uh, grace people. These are Those are the things of the will of God that, oh, I'm looking for my purpose. What am I supposed to do? When you start to do those things. Yeah. When you start to do those things, the the thing that you're to do, quote unquote, to do, you find it. It becomes clearer. When you when you heal, when you um, when you forgive, when you grace, uh, when you serve, that's when it becomes clear what you do. And you realize that your identity is not in what you do. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, Jesus frees us. He frees us from slavery of fear of death. So we can have so much more. Absolutely. So much more. Scripture says we're more than conquerors. And so uh, we didn't even get into some of the other conversation that we we're going into um, but that's okay. So I, I want to encourage each and everybody, each and everyone, um, hold on to the courage and hope of which you boast in Christ. Um, run the race as if to win the prize. Fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Um, and your purpose becomes clearer. Your understanding of your life becomes clearer. The fact that death doesn't hold you becomes clearer. That you are free. He has given us a spirit of, of power, of love, um, self-discipline. Um, may you live your life on purpose, um, for the purpose in which you're created. And to honor Him and glorify the Lord. And uh, we, we really do hope and pray that um, you are well, that you were loved, that you were cared for um, by the people around you, the people in your neighborhood, the people in your community. But we want you to, to know the love of the Lord our God through Jesus Christ, His Son, and by His Holy Spirit. Um, so we hope you have a, have a wonderful day. And we look forward to being with you again uh, on the Slide Podcast. This is the Yeasty Boys signing off. (laughs) Peace and grace to you. Bye.